Fourteen. Hey, hello, everybody. Welcome to episode one eighty-five of Forty Going On Fourteen. I am Mike. I am Patrick. I am Joel. And I'm Josh. And yes, I would like fries with that. You're a theater major. <laughs> I was asking you if you wanted fries with that. Would you like shake cheese fries? Shake shit. What? <laughs> I, I I'm done. Joel's still confused and thinking he's placing an order. Apparently, <laughs> can I drive through? <laughs> drive around. That's because his his microphone has a jack in the box head on it. <laughs> it does All actually. Right. So uh, this week we are talking about side dishes and veggies. Yeah, veggies. We're we're doing a food show talking about stuff that we ate on the side of the main dish later back then, back and now. So should be pretty interesting. I'm curious to see where this show is going to go. We well, talk about mac and cheese a lot. Oh, sorry, I stepped on it. You totally stepped on it. <laughs> if you like mac uh, and cheese, <laughs> uh, yeah, I was gonna go with. If you're interested in things that are curious, or now I don't even know. If you've if you got like a, a side, side dish, <laughs> you should just listen to the podcast collective, <laughs> where you can find such shows as the Coffin Joe Cast, I Am Salt Lake, Tales from the Hard Side, and of course the Rad Dad Radio Hour. Right, and if you're uh, looking for us at noon on Saturdays, you will find us on Geek Life Radio. That is a place you will find us. Yep. We'll be there either, whether you look for us or not. But Yeah, we appreciate if you look for us. Yes. Uh, also, you can find our older stuff, iTunes, Blueberry, Stitcher, TalkShoe, and if you're looking to get in touch with us, uh, 708-NOW-RAP. That's 708-669-9727. So, also in uh, recent news, we uh, just did an interview for Podcast of the Day on Anchor. Yeah, we did. Uh, Anchor.fm is a new uh, social media app and uh, site that's kind of like short-form podcasting. You can actually do it right off of your phone. And uh, people can listen in and call in directly off the app. And it's kind of cool. But they have a podcast, uh, Podcast of the Day with Grant Palomineer. Palomintier? Palomintier. With Grant. Um, that is going to be, uh, our interview will show up on April 3rd. So go to anchor.fm or download the Anchor app and, uh, hear him asking the deep and hard questions for us. That's what she said. You never that let me down. That was a fun interview. Yeah, you never let me down. It was a good time. It was a good time. Yep. So we also have a voicemail. Yeah, finally get some listener feedback from Mr. Justin. All right, let's hear what he has to say. Hey guys, it's Justin from Portland here. I am wrapping up the Beauty and the Beast episode, the uh, second of the two episodes, and you guys had just finished the conversation about the uh, the widespread panic that was around, surrounding the possibility of the gay character um, in the movie and whatnot. And, you know, the way I looked at it, and I didn't seem like you guys hinted on it too much, but it was like, my, my opinion is, like, why in the fuck was that even a thing? Why did it matter? Like, okay, so what if he was a gay character? What if it was a little more um, in your face than it was before? Why should everybody be so up in arms about this? I mean, it it, it is what it is. Like, two dudes fall in love, two girls fall in love, whatever. Why can't we just have a movie that's like, why does, why does everybody have to focus on that crap? That was the part that kind of annoyed me. Is like, it doesn't matter if they're gay unless this is a Disney animated movie where there's fucking in it. <laughs> then there might be a problem. Otherwise... Just you know, it, it doesn't need to be even a thing. So that's that's where I what I had a problem with. But overall, I enjoyed it, and uh, 
I enjoyed watching those episodes on this particular topic, and I always look forward to the next show, and see you on to what you guys do. Bye. Beauty and the Bear. Well, what's interesting is, uh, while I completely agree with where you're coming from, Justin, I am unusually going to be the first one to play devil's advocate in this situation. Just looking at it from, if there's a controversy, it's kind of like play to your audience. Like I didn't mind it. I thought it was tasteful, well handled and absolutely representation matters, but there are a whole bunch of people who are like, well, this is Disney family. And I, the logical and reasonable response is, well, gay people have families too. But I mean, that's, that's kind of both sides of it. There are people that don't approve of that thing. And you're going to find more of that sort of individual probably when it comes to traditional family entertainment. Wait, they do? Huh? Yes, they do. Huh? Way to kill the show, Joel. <laughs> well, that's our Joel. <laughs> they're 185 for 185. So. <laughs> So, yeah, about that time. Oh, please. This week in music, movies, and TV. And sports. 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 Apparently can't do it right tonight. And sports. That's every night. Tonight. All right. So uh, the theme, Patrick chose the date this, this week around. It is March 30th, 1949. The year that McDonald's switched from potato chips to reg- to fries. Mm. Good choice, McDonald's. <laughs> then you change the way you cooked them, and that kind of... I mean, I, I, spoiler alert, McDonald's has the best fries in, in, in the business. Mm. People keep saying that, and they're all right. Oh, bite your tongue. Meh. I mean, they're fine. They're very consistent. That's true. Yep. I will say that when fresh, they're better than Burger King's. Yeah. They, I little, mean, they, have a, they have a very short shelf life, that's for sure. Yeah. Definitely, if you've got them a few minutes late, uh, I think Burger King's are better. The best fries to get, or the best fries in the world are the fries you eat on the way home. <laughs> like right out of the bag. And you, you sure. Know, yep. I, I think when it comes to fast food, though, for me, it's going to be an off the beaten track. It's going to be bone of beef. Oh, bone of beef fr- fries are fucking amazing. <laughs> they're so good. Nah, I don't. We don't have those down here. No, I don't know. I, I like the beefaroo cheese fries here. When you put their seasoned salt on them, oh. <laughs> One of my guilty pleasures is a box of Wendy's fries dipped in a chocolate frosty. <sighs> oh, I don't get that whole. Thing. We're we're way off track here. We're we're, we're hey, talking about we're the missing show something though. What we're missing. We got to finish the tweet before we start talking about all this. BG fries. We're missing BG. Oh, no, we'll get that. I, I was never a fan of those. Too That's because you're wrong. So okay. music, Joel. Yes, music. <laughs> the top the top songs of the day are Vaughn Monroe's Riders in the Sky, Frankie Lane with That Lucky Old Son, and Vic Damone's You're Breaking My Heart. It is crazy that I know more of the songs, top songs in 1949 than I do in a typical week for this weekend. Mm-hmm. That, is, that is weird. Yeah, I figured Pat would know since he was around. I'm bringing it back Alright, Neil Jones was the lead singer for Amen Corner No, start over (laughs) Neil Jones was the lead singer for Amen Corner Stop saying singer That that word is not singer There isn't even (laughs) He's the lead guitarist Oh (laughs) I fixed what wasn't wrong (laughs) Neil Jones was the lead guitarist for Amen Corner 
whose most famous song, Bend Me, Shape Me, was covered by the American Breed in 1967. He was born on March 25th, and he was not a singer. <laughs> Fran Cien was born on March 26th in Boston, Massachusetts, and later went on to become the bassist for the classic rock band and one of Joel's favorites of the 70s, Boston. Huh. Yeah. I didn't realize he was that old. One of my uh, one of my favorite little pieces of trivia about Boston is um, the guy the the guy was the lead singer was dating this girl who broke up with him because she said your band is never going to make it you know and she you know and her name was uh, Marianne so the, huh. the, <laughs> the whole song I see my Marianne walking away he's like they became famous because of the song he wrote after she broke up with him so it's one of those things where, like if she hadn't broken up with him they wouldn't be famous so just a weird thing. A uh, little bit of trivia. When I'm taking road trips, Boston is one of my favorite bands to listen to driving on the highway. After Get the Funk Out? No, that's only when I buy a new car in the first song that's played. I thought you bought a new car every time you went on a road trip, you rich boy. <laughs> now you, hey, you called me old earlier. I had, to, I had to do my own throwback callback. That's, all right, fair enough. All right, Milan Williams, keyboardist for the Commodores, was born March 28th. Back Larry when Lingle. Lionel, it's... Back when Lionel Richie was good. Oh. <laughs> Larry Lingle, member of the Four Seasons, was born on April 4th. Why is there so much birth? Because it's 1949. Yeah. Nobody famous died. They were yeah. all born. <laughs> they were all being born. Or conceiving. All right. Moving on to movies. The top movie is Samson and Delilah, starring Hedy Lamar and Angela Lansbury, and directed by Victor Fleming. Hedy. That's a good one. I was waiting. I thought <laughs> someone was going to interrupt me with that. That's my password, or that's my username on eBay. Hedley Instead, Lamar. Mike's just moving his cursor around the movie section, so I can't read the words. <laughs> <laughs> Starring Michael Teske. <laughs> <laughs> I go on down. April 2nd, Pamela Reed, actress uh, best known for playing Arnold Schwarzenegger's hypoglycemic partner in Kindergarten Cop and as Gail Green in Jericho, was born. She appeared in a recurring role as Marlene Griggs Nope on the NBC sitcom Parks and Recreation, which oh. I was watching right before we started. Ah, nice. Parks and Rec Love is always a good Levi in the background. Mom. Yeah. I, I think she was also the lead singer for Aim and Corner. <laughs> nice. Jesus Christ. All right. So TV. This was the first season that all four major networks offered primetime programming seven nights a week. Just a little bit of trivia. That, that Interesting. Is, that is, so what yeah. they do... They were just offline. I mean, yeah. all, you know... During primetime? Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. Well, That's... primetime wasn't really a thing back then. It was like, you know... It's the TV. Like, people weren't used to just sitting around watching TV at 7 p.m. You, know? you want to watch TV on the at 7 p.m.? Nah, yeah, there's nothing on TV. They only got that picture of the Indian. You know, the... All right, what? so anyway... <laughs> the picture of the Indian. You know, when they go... They have that picture of the Indian with a different scale on there? I know what he's talking about. I knew what he was talking about, too, but it was funnier to let him swing. <laughs> <laughs> let the Indian swing? Racist. Yikes, dude. <laughs> Patrick, no, I'm sorry, Vicky Lawrence. I had to one-up Mike. <laughs> yeah, thank you for that. Vicky Lawrence was born March 26th and went on to star in many sitcoms and variety shows, such as The Carol Burnett Show and Mama's Family. The funniest blooper you ever haven't seen already, Joel, uh, Pat will oh, yeah. apparently that's post, which means you don't have to read it. Yeah. <laughs> Pat will post that in the, in the uh, show notes later for you guys. I always like Vicky. It's Lawrence. in the show notes now. You mean I'll post it on the webpage? No, in the show notes so we can look at it. The, the listeners don't get to see it. So anyway, Patrick oh, Duffy, 
and his eyebrows are born March 27th in Montana, and he later starred in Dallas and Step by Step. Oh, God, I had blo- successfully blocked out Step by Step until you brought that back here. <laughs> Fuck that show. Suzanne Summers. There's a joke from that show that I use all the time, sadly. There was a joke in that show? <laughs> you remember the, the dumb guy, Corey or Cody or whatever, that lived in the van on, in their uh, in, in their driveway? Yeah. There was one time when when he found a Canadian quarter, and he's like, "I have to go all the way to Canada to spend this." And I call whenever anybody says something Canadian, I use, "You, know, you got to go all the way to Canada." All I hear is guzzlebutt when you say Patrick Duffy. Lyle Alzado was a professional NFL football defensive end, famous for his intense and intimidating style of play. Did I cross over into sports here? What's going on? Oh, why do I know Lyle Alzado? Oh, wait. He Just played 16 seasons and won one championship. He went on to do many things. As his popularity and, and image gave him an, an in to Hollywood. What the hell? How was that written? An he, in to Hollywood. An yeah. In to, yeah, it gave oh, him okay. an in to Hollywood. Into Hollywood. So anyway, so he had roles in Ernest Goes to College, Mike Hammer, Murder Takes All, Small Wonder, Amazing Stories, Club Fed, and the acronym of the week, which is IGSS. Of course, that's incontinent grandmas start stripping. Dude, I think that's one of Pat's tabs. I would watch Oh, wait. No, 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 no. I don't want to hear about it. Finger of Amen Corner. That's, that's not true. Who's the bassist? No, I'm, I'm sorry. You're, you're all wrong. It is, that is, it's Gary Shandling's show. Oh. Good guess, though. Hey not there, study. <laughs> Sports. Incontinent grandmas. Aren't they all? On March 26th at the 11th NCAA Men's Basketball Championship, Kentucky beat Oklahoma State 46 to 36. That was hmm. back before shot clocks. So, Yeah, I was going to say. Yeah. All right, here's your twofer for cricket, everybody. Oh, God. Here we go. Oh, great. 1946 cricket. 1949 <laughs> cricket. Shafiq Ahmed, born March 26th of this week, is a former Pakistani cricketer who played in six tests and three ODIs from 1974 to 1980. Ahmed co-holds the test record with, why did I do this? <laughs> Chandrasekhar Gadarki Gadkari <laughs> for the most matches played in a career without either winning or losing at six. He was a prolific run scorer in domestic cricket in Pakistan between 1967 and 68 when he made his first-class debut for Punjab University at the age of 18 until 1990-91 when he played his first final-class match for United Bank Limited at the age of 41. He scored over a 1,000 runs in a season seven times. Uh, that's Gad Kari, not Get Darky. <laughs> I didn't say Get Darky. I said Get Kari or something. I didn't say it no, right. He didn't. But He's, go check the playback. No, I did not say Get Darky. You said Get Darky. Well, I probably did the first time I did, and I realized I had switched the D and the K, but I'm... Uh-huh. Utan George Dow was a Jamaican cricketer who played four tests for the West Indies as a fast bowler from 1971 to 73. He was the leading wicket taker in the 1970-71 shield, Shell Shield season with 24 wickets at 15.75, including two for 34 and seven for 19 in the match against combined Leeward and Windward Islands, a performance which was immediately rewarded with his test debut in the fourth test against India in which he took four for 69 and one for 22. Despite his short test career, Dow is famous for the so-called 11th commandment, Dow shall not bowl, dished out to him by spectators in his final test match against Australia in 1972-73. 
in response to his erratic bowling to Keith Stackpole. He was born March 29th. And despite doing this show now for 185 episodes, I still understand nothing about cricket. <laughs> I don't understand any of the numbers, but I do understand most of the vocabulary. By yeah, I was going to say, I got some of that. And that is Twee. That's this I don't know where to take this. Oh, let's uh, <laughs> take it to the dinner table. All right. Start talking about some veggies and sides. Yeah, so we uh, there was a little bit of discussion on what we're doing for this show. We're trying. We uh, we've done some media shows recently. We did uh, Beauty and the Beast TV show and the movies, as was spoken of earlier. Um, we've done a lot of media, a lot of TV, a lot of that sort of thing. We tried to get down to a memory show, and we haven't done food in a while. So we jumped on this one. We talked about it. And we're like, hey, you know, we've done meals like. Uh, Christmas, Thanksgiving, that sort of thing. But we never really talked about what goes with the turkey and what goes with, you know, the big, the big glamorous ham in the middle, that sort of thing. So, what do you hang up in the tree next to the turkey? That is right. <laughs> you hang green beans in the tree for the vegetarian <laughs> birds. The sexy ham. Sexy, sexy ham. All right. So growing up, was there, I mean, everyone that the, the stereotype is kids, growing up hate vegetables was there a single type of vegetable that you refused to eat when you were a kid brussels sprouts still as an adult i dude you're jumping ahead (laughs) spoilers for the second half i I want the show to be done in 45 minutes we're talking about brussels sprouts (laughs) well and i i would agree i never liked brussels sprouts either and um I guess I'll save my comments on Brussels sprouts until the now for my current. <laughs> but yeah, that was always the one that when it it was when it was served, which was rarely, it, there was not enough ketchup in the world to make that taste good. Yeah, my I mother had the old uh, cover everything. In, yeah, my mother had the old cover everything in cheese trick, and that didn't even work for Brussels sprouts. It's a good trick, though. Yep. It will not surprise you that my mom's trick for making Brussels sprouts edible was to put Miracle Whip on them. <laughs> it's kind of like uh, Windex in my big fat Greek wedding. It's like, oh, you got a paper cut? Have you tried putting some mayonnaise on it? It's it's still how I eat uh, Brussels sprouts. Oh. Oh. And and by extension, cabbage with, with some Miracle Whip. Oh. Well, then, what, you put Miracle Whip with cabbage and then you just get kind of like a funky coleslaw. But I was on, just gonna say, what do you got there? Then coleslaw, yeah. The thing is, when you what happens when you heat up Miracle Whip? Doesn't it get like? Well, you no, you don't cook it with there. You just kind of like dip it in. Oh, uh, yeah, that's yeah. Like I said, if you look at how the similarity between your Brussels sprout and your cabbage, and we know that cabbage and Miracle Whip or mayonnaise are compatible because of the existence of coleslaw, it's an easy jump. It's like being gross. I stick with it. It's like being grossed out by, oh my God, you dipped your potato chips in ketchup. I can, I can clarify that. Oh, get behind that. Miracle Whip and mayonnaise are not the same. Anyway, what were you saying, Mike? No, I, I, I can kind of see where Josh is coming from. I just, I, my, my thing is I've seen what happens to Miracle Whip when you get it hot. So you've got to, unless you're eating the Brussels sprouts cold, which in that case, you know, it doesn't get like, oily and melt on the Brussels sprouts? I think you eat your Brussels sprouts slower than I do. Just kind of dip it in and just two chomps and a sprout's gone. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but you only have one sprout? 
Oh no! Yeah. Oh, I I think I get where some of the uh, is coming from. Like I, I'd have a, a little bit of Miracle Whip on the side of the plate that you dip it deep into, like ketchup. Okay. So just putting it on a pile of uh. Well, my uh, my is just all Brussels sprout based. I don't care what you put on it. I don't, Fair enough. I don't mind in. Brussels sprouts. I like. I actually, I ate them back then. What I couldn't handle then is tomatoes. I was the same way, where I get, tomatoes were on my fairly long list of vegetables I wouldn't eat. Yeah, tomatoes are just something about the the seeds inside, the consistency of them. I I'm right there with you. Ketchup, tomato sauce, that sort of thing. And I was always get get crap from my grandfather about that because I'd order like we go to the restaurant and I get like uh, ever get a pizza burger that has like pizza sauce, like and you know it's a pizza burger. Eating that and they would have like tomatoes on the side and I wouldn't eat the tomatoes and. Of course, being my family and being the twisted thing that it is, always would wind up in some sort of situation at the table where my grandfather's telling me that my sperm count is going to be low because I'm not eating tomatoes when I'm 12. Okay, yeah, we our, our childhoods were the same on tomatoes until you get to sperm count. Yeah. That, that's where we diverge. <laughs> that, then it got weird. Um, yeah, not tomato, and then tomatoes. I didn't like them for entirely different reasons after that. That was kind of strange too. But uh the rest of my family, when we the plates would come down, we go out to eat, the plates would come down, they would like reach over, grab the tomatoes off my plate, throw it on theirs just to avoid the whole conversation. I um I never really had a like I wouldn't go if, go out and eat like actively eat tomatoes, but I was turned off of them for a long time as a kid after telling a really dirty joke about them. <laughs> and I'll won't repeat that joke here, but I I think we know it. Yeah, that's what turned me off to tomatoes for a long time until uh, I started till Subway opened up for the first time in Kansas City, and I would start getting them on my sandwiches, and now I eat them almost on a daily basis. You guys are weird. In addition to tomatoes, as a child, uh, the ones I just would not touch uh, were green beans, both black and green olives, uh, lima beans, and I thought I didn't like corn. But that's because for years, the only way my mom would serve corn was canned creamed corn. Oh, man. Oh, that'll do it to you. And then, oh, it's disgusting. It's like. It's better than Brussels sprouts. It's, well, Brussels sprouts at least have some sort of like consistency to them. I mean, creamed corn is like chunky yellow jizz. Well, and the thing about creamed corn is it's so different from every other way you can eat corn. Like the first time I had corn on the cob, I was just like, this is amazing. I love corn. Where I have the right cream corn, like the corn out of the corn, cream corn out of the can is obviously crap, but I'm like, if you make your own cream corn, it's really good. Okay. I probably would be willing to try homemade creamed corn, even though I'd have a little bit of, I don't know, nervousness or anxiety about it. I don't know. I'll make you guys cream corn sometime. No, I. You know what? I don't want you making me creamed anything. I was just thinking <laughs> the same thing. I know you well enough not to have that meal. Um, what about some veggies that you did like? For me, I could eat raw green beans all goddamn day long. Love raw green beans. Just <sighs> you people are weird. <laughs> yeah, I don't know about raw green beans. I I, I always liked raw. I well, I, I really like. Um, uh, spinach was my go-to. My dad used to eat yeah. it all the time. And so I, everybody always thought I was a weird kid because I just, spinach was the, the vegetable I got no matter what. If it was available, I ate it. I am right there with you. That's my mom didn't like it. So I didn't get to try it for a while, but I watched Popeye and I wanted to try it and I, I liked it the first time I had it. Hmm. 
I never did spinach. I mean, I like the green beans. The other thing I liked was, I mean, this is really simple, but uh, raw sliced carrots, and then you dip them in the Russian dressing, and that like that that kind of like funky orangeish dressing. I've never I tried that. that. Yeah, yeah, that's my that's my. It's like a comfort food to me. I like I like those. Hmm. As a kid, I pretty much I well I ate a lot more vegetables as a kid than I do now. And I, I didn't really have any problem with any vegetable, I don't think, other than Brussels sprouts and probably lima beans. What's wrong Everything with else beans? was fair game for me. Why don't you like lima beans? I just don't like the taste. They're, they're just way too, uh, I don't know, way too... Lima-y? Yeah. Well, and their <laughs> consistency's weird. Go ahead, Joel. You've been <laughs> no, trying to jump in thing. here. You I both said, said the, the same thing, thing I think. Oh. <laughs> said identically the same thing. Yeah, they're, they're like mealy and broad. Yeah, I, I'm... Still not a fan. I know I'm jumping ahead. They're a little too firm. Yeah, I just when you bite in them and bite into them and they snap a little, but then they don't really give. They just get this kind of like they, they, just, they just surrender. <laughs> it's just this weird consistency when you bite in. It makes it something like like biting down on styrofoam or something. It's just bizarre. Yeah, they just sort of crumble and just like get into small enough pieces that you can swallow them. They don't really like chew into food mush. Yeah, they just That's... give up the ghost. They're like, nah. Chew <laughs> into food mush. <laughs> yeah, food mush. All right. You know, yeah, okay. you know like like baby food. Yeah. Or or any f- other, almost any other food, once you've chewed it, before you've swallowed it, it's food mush. I don't know that I've ever really called it that way, but I, that's just the way I'm thinking of it. All right. Just me then. Fine. <laughs> what about side dishes? Swallow you... your food mush, Josh. If, if Try you're... it with Miracle Whip. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, that should not be said ever. Nothing should be tried with Miracle Whip. I'm a big, I'm a big proponent of mayonnaise over Miracle Whip. I used Die, to heretic. Care, <laughs> what about everyday sides? Stuff you would make, you'd have like once or twice a week. Mac Dude. and cheese is is king for me. That's my favorite. Back when potatoes. You were potatoes. So many potatoes, every which way. Boiled, baked, fried, mashed. Have you ever tried celery root? Is it a potato? It's you would never know it wasn't if you if really you, yeah if you steam it up and mash it it's 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 potatoes with no carbs. Interesting. I'll have to try it. They're, they're it's delicious. If they weren't so expensive, I would have celery root every day instead of potatoes. Huh? Every time I was going to make mashed potatoes, I would make it at a celery root. But the problem is, most celery root is around softball sized, and they cost like five dollars each. So it's it's prohibitively expensive, but it's very good. That's a bold statement, but I've never had it, so I can't make a statement. What was the? I'm, I'm trying to remember the brand name. It's they had little little red spoon that came out of the side of the box and had the writing on the the end of the spoon, something and something. Oh, Betty Crocker had the red spoon. Was that Betty Crocker? Well, yeah, we, we used to make. All right, I'm I'm completely prepared to get shit for this. When I was a kid, we used to make the scallop potatoes out of the box all the time. Oh, dude, those were the shit, man. Oh, good. Those were so good. I love those things. Those scallop potatoes with that powdered uh, cheese sauce on top of it. That was, now I look back at myself and I'm like, there should be like an artificial, I should have an artificial organ that grew in because of so much of that stuff that I ate, but it was delicious. (laughs) Now, Betty Crocker did crazy things with dehydrated potatoes. Most adults who are just like, oh, I'd never eat uh, instant mashed potatoes. The brand actually matters. Like the Hungry Jack or the uh, Betty Crocker potato buds 
are actually really good. It's when you decide, oh, well, they're all the same thing, so I'll get the generic or the store brand, that you get that just mealy, almost inedible instant mashed potato. Like climate beans. Yes. It's like like paste. Yeah. Potato paste? Mm, Potato paste. Is that that the same or different than food mush? (laughs) (laughs) Well, for Josh, it's the same because everything has potatoes in it. So what was your – okay, Patrick, you had – mac and cheese was it just straight mac and cheese and was it the powder or was it the stuff did you get the fancy stuff that joel got with the cheese sauce in the little foil package <laughs> i didn't have truffle mac and cheese like like joel did growing up but... the fancy dijon cap it cap ketchup cap ketchup dijon ketchup <laughs> um, yeah that's a good question Mac and cheese was my favorite um uh, but my mom always made all kinds of different sides you know my mom was a stay-at-home mom when I was growing up, and she always cooked, you know, a dinner every night before my dad came home. So, you're dodging was... the question, Senator. <laughs> what was the actual question? Uh, he was asking uh, when you comes to mac and cheese, are you talking the uh, orange powdery stuff, or like the Velveeta shells and cheese, or homemade? Oh, when I was growing up, we didn't. The Velveeta shells and cheese didn't exist, so it was probably most likely the Kraft powdered mm. cheese mac and cheese. It was only shortly after this that they had discovered macaroni, so. <laughs> <laughs> Which that that you're crap. only four years younger, or four months younger than I am, <laughs> or not not even that. You're like like six weeks younger than I am. But that craft in a box stuff, man. Whether it's hot, cold, sitting out for a day, it doesn't matter. It's always good. No, oh, never no, good. Not. What is wrong with you people? <laughs> I, I'm with you on this. Not even with Miracle Whip. <laughs> Mike, what about you? Can you agree with me on this, or are you on their side? The nasty-ass powdered over the sweet Velveeta, Velveeta cheese stuff? Oh, even that. But yeah, that's better than the, the Kraft macaroni and cheese. I well, will. because then you like get that. the Kraft macaroni and cheese, and you put it in there, and it never dissolves all the way, and you always got the – you pull, pull a short straw every time, and you got that one glob of cheese powder that's wet on the outside but totally dry on the inside. So when you bite it, you get that cheese dust that goes down your throat, and then you start Ugh. choking, and everyone thinks that you're faking again, but you're really choking, and you wind up blacking out, and then everybody starts talking about your sperm count. I think we found a sore spot. <laughs> yeah, I, I can, never made it right then. I can feel the Canadians hating us right now, but I, I'm with Mike on this. That that powdered cheese. I always I understood the difference. You couldn't always have like homemade baked mac and cheese, so you have to make some concessions to quality. But <clears throat> after having the slightly better but still not great Velveeta shells and cheese, I, I couldn't go back to powdered orange stuff. Yeah, I mean, I will admit if you if you got to make a boxed mac and cheese, the 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 shells and cheese with the silver pouch, definitely best. Mm-hmm. Not a fan. No, it's because you had a butler that went out there and milked the cow and got the cheese for you when you were a kid. <laughs> yeah, he let it turn into powder and then put it in with the the shell. The the never mind. Anyway, what are we talking about? The one yeah. vegetable you? No, traditional sides. I thought we were yeah. doing like vegetable you can't live without or have every day or something like that. No, we, we're still on traditional sides. Yeah, ev- yeah. everyday sides, whether it's yeah. veggies or other side dishes. But yeah. Uh, well, I, I mean, I would agree with Josh on potatoes. I mean, if it's not corn, it's potatoes, whether it's fries. Corn, corn and potatoes together. You put, you put well, the corn in the potatoes and then nice. gravy on top of the corn. Potatoes. I do mix that together. As a matter of fact, when I make mashed potatoes like when it's just me eating and i make mashed potatoes i'll just take the corn put it directly into the pot with the mashed potatoes stir it up and then just eat it that way 
That's sure. Acceptable. Guys, guys, stuffing. <laughs> oh, well, forget about it. That's that's my kryptonite. <laughs> I know, right? I, I love a good stuffing, but a bad stuffing is the thing of nightmares. That's Leave true. Giblets and the gizzards out of it, though. Oh, you're terrible. Yeah, giblets and the gizzards have to be in the stuffing. Is this going to be like the most divisive show we've ever had? Might be. Uh, <laughs> and, and, and forty going on fourteen ends after the side show. Yeah, Mike was wondering if we'd have enough for ninety minutes on this topic. Was, we're yelling at it like corn. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to be drawing up drawing up sides before you know it. Ah, uh, I see what you did there. Uh-huh. But yeah, stuffing, I, there, there's a rule whenever I go to family meals. Well, not a rule, but it's become a thing whenever I go to family meals that they, if they're stuffing on the table, they have to make an extra thing of stuffing knowing how much I'm going to eat. Sounds like you're just being a dick to everybody and taking all the <laughs> stuffing. No, they, 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 that's just He's taking the name literally. Oh. You know, I, I can't judge Joel because the way he is with stuffing, I am with potato salad. That's, oh, you can have that. I, I and I will. Like, if left to my own devices, without any self control or anyone looking over my shoulder, yeah. I'll just eat any size container of potato salad. <laughs> I mean, I like it, but what's not your favorite extent. type of potato salad? Uh, I've discovered the deviled egg potato salad. Oh, that is very good. Yeah, that's so my good. Favorite. Now too. What about uh, although a homemade German potato salad, which is the vinegar based one with the onions and bacon. Oh, and if it's done well, yeah, it's really yeah. If it's done well, it's very good. The when it's kind of it's warm, but for some reason, some people throw horseradish into it, and that nah, that's all right. I like horseradish in almost anything because it's got that tangy bite. But I don't know the, when you get sort of a cream sauce in there, it kind of ruins a German potato salad for me. Yep, where it's warm and the dominant note is vinegar. That's that's perfect. Everything's just a little crisp. Yeah, dominant note is vinegar, and the safe word is yogurt. <laughs> I don't know what that means. The safe word is stuffing. <laughs> Yogurt. Now, bread stuffing or meat stuffing? What? Do you have bread stuffing or meat stuffing? You have to have bread. It's not stuffing if it's not. No, we we used to make the stuffing that was like all meat and the gizzards and all that. It was what? very little. No. Yeah. Never heard no, of that. You didn't. That was a casserole. No, it was a meat stuffing because it came. You stuffed it in the turkey. Is, is there no bread at all? Oh. In the meat no, there's like some bread crumbs in there, but it's not as much bread as there would be in like the bread stuffing. Huh. He's talking about the stuffing you put in the bird. Well, okay. I think my family just put the regular bread stuffing in the bird, as did mine. But it t- it changes consistency being inside of the bird. Um, you're really not supposed to do that. Yeah, well, they say you're not supposed to do it anymore. Yeah, nowadays, but why not? Back in the day. Well, because you're putting uh, something cooked and something raw for one and for two, they cook at different times, so your stuffing is either going to be too cooked or your turkey is going to be underdone. That explains why I was never around to watch football after the meal. <laughs> now, this year at Thanksgiving, I had a potato stuffing for the first time. Not that, not to jump ahead, but since we're talking about stuffing and I just forgot the rules of the show. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to come back to that because, uh, yeah, you have my full attention. <laughs> You guys are wrong. These are not stuffings. What about anything else during the holidays that you would be on the table that you were? Uh, well, I, we have a family tradition that has been made every single year for Thanksgiving, which I've never known any other family to make. It's an oyster casserole. It's it's like it basically it's almost like stuffing with oysters in it. Oh, gross! It's really good. It doesn't sound like it would be, but if you if you're an oyster fan, it's really good. Oh, I am. 
I understand why people would not like the consistency of oysters, but the flavor is awesome. And once you get past the consistency, or just have them fried if you have to be a bitch. Yeah. Huh. Me, 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 me. He called you a bitch. Green bean, <laughs> green bean casserole. Ugh. What? I'm with you. Why would you ruin a casserole with green <laughs> beans? The green beans with the cream of mushroom soup and little crunchy onions on top? I like yeah, it. I, I despise. I, I have never liked green beans, and probably never will. Unless I like it, it if, it's not made, if it's not made with a canned soup. I like a green bean casserole. Well, what do you make it with? You just make your own. You know, like, like you use milk and you know, condensed milk. And you just make your own. You uh, probably also eat the cranberry sauce that doesn't look like a can, too. You freak. Yeah. I mean, oh, both cranberry sauces are good. I, I, I've never tried them together, but whether they're can shaped or homemade, they're they're all good. You got to get the can shapes so that way you can cut it and just put it on the sandwiches that you make later. Later. My father was a big fan of the canned cranberries, so we would always have two different types of cranberries because I would make. Well, we're getting into the now kind yeah, of. Yeah. So. Okay. We'll come back to this because but I'm yeah, a big fan of cranberries. That's the big non-traditional side for my family: the oyster casserole. Okay. Now, what about you? When you would have uh, potlucks or something at the family? Well, nobody else answered the non-traditional side. Yeah, us, non-traditional sides for us. See, that's we didn't really have many. I mean, even though we ate sort of crazy food earlier on, but for like uh, parties and stuff, we didn't do anything that wasn't traditional. Uh, my grandmother used to make dry stuffing, which I've never seen really anywhere else. But she'd put like pecans in it or something, and oh, then you guys are gonna give me a heart attack. These are not stuffings. <laughs> they would. She would bake it, and it would. And it was only good if you got the piece that had like a lot of butter in it still. But otherwise, it was crunchy and dry and. And I always picked it at picked at it, but uh, yeah, I never seen it anywhere else. Whenever you see the articles about the v- strange vintage Betty Crocker gelatin dishes, <laughs> yeah, oh. my mom probably made all of them. Oh, like the the tuna in, in the Jello one. Oh. Yep. Oh, just deciding that uh, Jello does not have to be for fruit; it is a medium for your creativity. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Potted meat and jello. <laughs> what did you guys bring for potluck? What was your family's job for bringing? Oh, good. Carol brought mm. a, a. I'm what? thinking. Meat cake. <laughs> uh, hedgehog. Uh, what were they? No, porcupine balls. That was a big one. Uh, basically, you've got. It's similar to the inside of a stuffed pepper, where you've got the tomato sauce and the hamburger and spices and the onion, but you coat them in cooked rice. Oh, do not Google hedgehog balls. <laughs> yeah, porcupine balls is the dish. Yeah, I forgot who was nicknamed the hedgehog. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Vietnamese egg rolls. That's that's what my mom always made for um, if we were going to, you know, some sort of a potluck. That was her thing was to make Vietnamese egg rolls. And she's finally this year when she comes up here next week to visit, she's going to teach me how to make them finally. <laughs> but that was always our thing. You talking about like spring rolls? Well, they're they're closer to a spring roll than a, than uh, and and the what people think of egg rolls because they have the the clear rice wrapper, but they had you know uh, like shiitake mushrooms inside and and like the 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 glass noodles and huh. um, pork and I think carrots and then they're wrapped and fried, but they you know they're still clear and they're just. I mean, seriously, like that's like my favorite thing that she makes. And 
whenever she makes them, she'll make an extra batch and freeze half of it and then <laughs> say, here's some for you. And I could take them home and just have one at a time and heat it up. And they're even good heated up in the microwave. Oh, they're so good. Now I want egg rolls. Huh. Yeah. Why, huh? I, I kind of want egg rolls now, too. I've just never heard of that. I mean, I could always go for an egg roll. We always brought the veggie tray. It's a point of contention in my house. I don't want to get far. I don't want to get any further than that. <laughs> crudite. That's all there is to it. We're moving. I on. was going to say, are we talking crudite here or what? Uh, my mom, as I said, was a pretty good cook. So we brought different things to every pot, like we went to all the time. There's never a standard dish. Were any of them standout sides or vegetable dishes? Um, she did bring the oyster casserole, and you know it was always a very divisive side dish. People loved it or hated it. She brought that a couple times. Um, she made made an excellent uh, broccoli rice casserole um, that she would bring to a lot of things. So, Bro- I mean, mostly standard. She didn't really step out too much, but she was very good at just your your basic American home cooking. When you guys were kids, did you like yams or sweet potatoes? Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, on occasion, but it wasn't like the first thing I would go for. Especially if you put the cinnamon and the sugar in a sweet potato. Yeah, if if you had like marshmallows or something else sweet on top of it, I would go for it as a kid. But otherwise, it would just be like, that's that weird orange stuff with the brown on top. I, I can't. But if someone's like, oh, look, marshmallows, I'd go for it. <laughs> that's how my uncle played wrestling camp. You know, for a food show, we're going to some really weird places here. <laughs> Well, when, when when we're free form, it's it's a it's a lot more likely to just yeah. get off the rails, right? Right? Huh? <laughs> <laughs> That's all I got with that. Just huh? <laughs> I don't know. Would would deviled eggs be considered a side dish? Yeah, I oh, would yeah. say so. Yeah, I mean I, they're in that appetizer hors d'oeuvre category. I, I fucking love deviled eggs. My mom made amazing deviled eggs. My grandmother made good deviled eggs until she got too old and then she would start putting way too much vinegar in and you couldn't even eat them and my father being the the shit stir that he is used to tell my grandmother how much i always enjoyed her deviled eggs every time i would show up at my grandmother's there'd be a dozen of those deviled eggs and every year they got worse and worse oh uh, that's awesome <laughs> that's fantastic and he'd be like don't forget to make the deviled eggs for patrick <laughs> Uh, there was a side in that category of the almost order of pre-meal nosh that I was responsible for making once I learned how to make it. It was a vegetable pizza. Mm-hmm. Yeah, basically, uh, you take uh, croissant roll dough and lay it flat like a pizza crust. And the uh, cheese was cream cheese with a little bit of sour cream and a packet of ranch mix. And then the toppings were just chopped broccoli, cauliflower, and carrots. So good. Hmm. Bake at 350? Well, you only bake you bake the crust, and it comes out warm. You don't bake the uh, the cream cheese. I'm actually familiar with it. Oh, okay. Yeah. And then you put Miracle Whip on it. <laughs> that one we didn't. <laughs> and that's not uh, a stuffing either, just FYI. And back to, to – uh, I didn't, didn't get my thoughts in on deviled eggs. Um, those are one of those foods that I hate the consistency – of a of a cooked egg and eggs freak me out anyway, but I always eat them. <laughs> I can't help myself <laughs> because it's, I, can hate this. <laughs> I do. It's because of the yellow, the yellow uh, miracle or not miracle, the yellow. Uh, you know, nope. it's got mayonnaise mixed up with it and and the spices, and that's the part that I like. But in order to have that, I have to eat the rest of it, and so I usually put a little salt on it and just put the whole thing in my mouth and hope for the best. 
So right. you eat you like, you deviled like eggs seafood? like everybody else. Crab meat stuffed deviled eggs are so good. I don't like crab or lobster. Who are Dude. you people? No, nah, I'm with Pat on that one. Why I, are you and- lumping me in with him? <laughs> <laughs> well, you're the one making non-stuffing stuffing, so... I don't know why you're becoming the stuffing purist <laughs> over there. <laughs> I've drawn my line in the sand, damn it. So are, what are is, we on the what grilled is, cheese subreddit here? <laughs> what is that a melt? That's not a that's a melt. That's not... What is real stuffing then? Real stuffing has bread cubes in it. That's that's pretty much it. You know, it's like eighty percent bread crumb or uh, bread cubes, not right. crumbs, not yeah, you know, yes, you know. cubes. What what was I saying about stuffing that was not breaded cubes? I think either. he's getting his dander up about my meat stuffing thing. Yeah, meat stuffing. No, no meat. I don't even know what that was until Mike brought it up. All the stuffing I had was always. And you were meat. talking about dry stuffing. That no, it's got to have bread cubes in it. It's bread, still- I think it's bread crumbs and no chicken broth. So no, it's not stuffing. I'm pretty sure that dry stuffing is more traditional than the stuff we're more used to. You bite your tongue. I'm just saying, I prefer the stuff that you apparently think is the one and only true stuffing. <laughs> there can be only one stuffing. I will fight to the death anyone that says differently. There's a lot of weird lines being drawn on the sand in this show right now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, wait, 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 wait. The great side wars of 2017. Oh, crap. <laughs> I just I saw mean, what the next question is. Yeah, wait wait till we get to... To the now, because I'm gonna have some things to say about olives. Oh, I love oh. olives. Side. They are not food. <laughs> We've been over this. Side I always, I always liked olives. In the black olives. ones as a kid, and the green ones now. But yeah. <laughs> are we done with the potluck portion? <laughs> I think yeah, so. I think so. Yeah, so let's let's check out this one. I, I think it's kind of interesting. Are there sides or veggies that like your parents hated, but you discovered in college or just a few years after? Before we get to our break for the now, my father never liked asparagus, so it wasn't allowed to be served in our home. That was one of mine as well. Yeah, and I didn't really. We didn't. I don't even know if we really had them in college. I don't think I discovered them until after I started like cooking on my own. Yeah, I didn't either until I started cooking on my own. I'm trying to think of anything that was at the cafeteria in college that even resembled an actual vegetable. Fried <laughs> cauliflower, the fried cauliflower. Um, and I, I discovered fried mushrooms at Subtenders until they made me vomit for about eight time, 18 times in a row. Yikes. Oh, do you guys remember that? No. No. I ate the fried mushrooms at Subtees. No, we didn't ask you to tell us about it. We just told you we didn't remember it. <laughs> oh, that's bad. I remember. I don't, I don't, yeah, yeah, I don't remember that. Josh huh. loves me. See, the rest of you don't care. <laughs> well, you were vomiting in my room, if you recall. We were roommates at the time. <laughs> I couldn't ignore it. <laughs> oh, never again. I've not had another fried mushroom since then. Uh, the other one for me besides asparagus was artichokes. Oh, see, I was introduced to those in, in kindergarten. My teacher brought some in and with Hellman's uh, mayonnaise, and we she had us dip it in there. Heretic! <laughs> That's the only real mayonnaise. And uh, and and I yeah I I, get, I like started liking those early on. Yeah, I me too. Okra, because my mom used to always make homemade fried okra. I I discovered artichokes at Leona's when they had the you get the artichokes um, appetizer. Oh, so good. Yeah, that's good stuff. How do they serve that? On a plate. Like, how is it prepared? <laughs> I like how you cut yourself off before you... What was artichoke hearts? It, it wasn't like the leaves, if I recall. 
Yeah, and you pulled the you pulled the leaves out, and you dip the leaves in the, one of the dressings there, and you just kind of like put your teeth in it or scrape. Oh, maybe I'm remembering it wrong. They did full artichokes at uh, Leona's. Oh yeah, for the appetizers for the for the like oh they also had a um uh, artichoke heart dish, but they they did have an artichoke like that was hmm. baked. They put olive oil on it, and they would bake it. Spice. I don't think I ever had that there. No, it was tasty. No, I want that. Yeah, I don't think I'm. In all honesty, ever had an actual artichoke? It's a lot of work. Like, if you don't cook it completely, it's not going to taste very good. Mm -hmm. I know know how you're supposed to prepare them, but I've never actually had one. I've had artichoke uh, hearts, but never an actual full artichoke. And we always did the sauce where you've got your, for us, of course, it's Miracle Whip, like, but I think a lot of people who did the mayonnaise or Miracle Whip also added a few drops of Worcestershire. And we did that as well. Hmm. That I don't know. I just remember the, that it was mayonnaise and my mom always used Miracle Whip and I was like, what is this? And I was like, the clouds opened and the angels started singing and it was a beautiful thing. Hmm. Hmm. <gasps> but other than that, I don't think there were any other ones in, in college anyway that, cause yeah, like at the, at the cafeteria, uh, it was always kind of gambling with your life. Yeah, about the only side you could trust at the uh, college was something potato-based, because it's really hard to screw up potatoes. Yeah, they crossed that line a couple times. And corn. Yeah, their corn was soupy. Yeah, it was weird. And I remember I used to always make, like, the sandwiches. I'd get, like, the croissants with, uh, like, ham and turkey and lettuce, tomato and whatever. And that, that, that half the time, the veggies that were in there and the, in the, um, those trays were just not good. I remember the salad bar was good so long as you got it like the first day it was put out because the same shit was put out every day for like a week and a half. Yeah. Which is how we got to the spot where I took like two cereal bowls and when they put out the fresh salad bar, I filled them both with fresh like blueberry yogurt. Ooh. Mm. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. I mean, at the school, I mean, I stuck to what I knew. What about restaurants? Is there anything... That you ordered on the side as at the restaurants. Things like most of the time when I was a kid, it was like, hey, what would you like on the side? Fries. That was it. Other fried foods I, I branched out into. I discovered like the fried zucchini, the fried mushrooms, which I would not touch mushrooms at all before I discovered them fried. Just any way, shape or form. Mm-hmm. And the, the uh, mad genius that came up with fried pickles had not yet been doing that in restaurants when we were in college. Fried pickles. Oh, yeah, dude. Well, we'll get back to that in the now. All right. I think this is a good time to stop. Uh, well, do we want to? Okay. We're talking about favorite restaurant and fast food sides. Um, yeah, I, I guess we're all right. Yeah. I'm gonna Anyone go. have anything else from fast foods? Um, no, because back when we were kids, there, there, fast food didn't really have a whole lot of different sides. But um, restaurants, yeah. Uh, Luby's was always... You guys have Luby's up there? No, it's, no, it's kind of like it, it's kind of like an old country buffet, but uh, cafeteria style, where you know it, everything is already pre cooked, and you just walk down there with your tray, very, very much like you know in college, and you pick all your different sides and stuff, and, and your entree and everything. Mm-hmm. And they were always known, you know, for for good sides. So, oh, Luby's. tater tots! Oh, tater tots are the shit! So good. Like, I think I we discovered them, like, late when I was living at home, and then uh, a couple of 
fast food franchises that did tots in addition to or instead of fries came to Illinois. And I love tots. Give me some of your tots. Never really got into tots until the now. Really? Yeah. Oh, you you sad poor boy. But at least I had stuffing. <laughs> Not the right kind. <laughs> Pat. I It'll be fine. <laughs> It'll um, be fine. Just add some Miracle Whip. Oh, my God. <laughs> if anybody out there has a Miracle Whip meat stuffing recipe, send that to Pat. <laughs> <laughs> and give me an aneurysm. For I will me, put the recipe right next to my copy of Tommy the Duck. Or uh, Howard the Duck. <laughs> Tommy the Duck sent me. Freudian slip. Yep. Uh, for me, it would depend on the restaurant. So, like, if we went to like a cafeteria style, it was usually spinach and corn and potatoes, one of those. But like at a uh, like any sort of other like fast food or something more like that or sit down that's not cafeteria, it was usually fries or potatoes, probably ninety nine percent of the time. What about with your fried chicken? Since I know you're an aficionado, oh, mashed potatoes and gravy, no matter what. What about the buttermilk biscuits? Here they go. Sift the flour, roll the dough. Indeed. So good. Uh, no, we gotta have that if they have it. That are corn fritters if you're at White Fence. <laughs> oh, corn oh, dude, corn fritters. Or if you are at Long John Silver's, you gotta have those hush puppies. I'm not a big hush puppy guy. Myself. Oh, I love them. I, I know they're just bits. this dense fried corn monstrosity. Yeah, they're, just too, they're usually too bland for me. That's why you dip them in Miracle Whip. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it was coming, so I was going to. Uh, actually, I, those are usually dipped in the, uh, the shrimp sauce. Yeah, I did that too. Yeah, absolutely. Shrimp man. sauce. Man, I haven't thought of hush puppies in a while. Now I want hush puppies. Now I want White Fence Farm. <laughs> been a long time since I've been to White Fence Farm. Dude. I didn't even know they still existed. What do you mean? Well, they're not down here, so I. You know, I'd, oh, yeah, well, it's not in Texas. It doesn't exist. That's right. It's no, I just. I didn't know. I'd never see them when I'm up there. So like I, stuffing the sun made with bread cubes. I haven't seen a white fence farm in a while either. I think the main think one is still open with the one with the car museum and all that. That's still running. Okay. Well, there's the one in what is it? Uh, there's one on Ogden, or there was the takeout one, and then there was the main one in. Well, and then of course in Colorado, that's where the other big one is. Yeah, the one the but other I, the big one down here is over in um, Romeoville. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I go to Romeoville about as often as I go to Colorado. So Yeah, exactly. We should uh, know about it, though, apparently. Yes, you should know about it. You should know about stuffing. I do know about I never said I had any stuffing that wasn't made with bread. <laughs> now so I'm just I, arguing about it just to argue. Yeah, that's a good sign to take, for us to take a break. <laughs> Patrick's just right, being incontin- incontinent, so. <laughs> He's going to start stripping any minute now. Let's see. White Fence Farm locations. It is still at all the places it was before. All right. So when we come back, we're going to talk about like the vegetables as adults we like, sides maybe we've discovered or that didn't exist when we were kids. All that kind of stuff. Yay. Yay. Can I have an entree with that, please? And you thought we wouldn't have anything to talk about. I didn't think we were going to get in some sort of weird battle over stuffing. <laughs> There's a whole lot of lines drawn in the sand here. (laughs) All right, we'll be back in a little bit. All right, we are back, and we are going to fight about food some more. (laughs) No, we're not. Food fight. Uh... So we just got finished talking about what we ate when we were a kid. What was put in front of us? Now, 
all of us have reached a point where we're all cooking for ourselves. We don't eat out as much as I, you know, as much as we eat in. Yeah. Way, I think. But uh, so let's say you got you got to make dinner tonight. What is your easy go to side dish? Corn and potatoes. Yeah, mashed potatoes is very easy. Uh, mac and cheese for me is is very complicated because I won't just make a simple one. Well, and there's there's some extra steps there. You make grilled cheese complicated, so it's understandable. <laughs> um, asparagus for me is about as easy as it gets besides salad because you're really just throwing it on a cookie sheet with a little bit of oil and some salt and just putting it in the oven for a little bit. Try sprinkling Parmesan over the top. Hmm. See, I, I, I throw it in a pan with some butter and salt and cook it that way. And I've never done it with Parmesan, but I am now. Yeah, yeah I'll try it with that. Hmm. My go-to that's is... How, that's how I make it in the oven with uh, Parmesan oil and salt. What were you saying, Mike? I make... I do a... Um, I do like a red potatoes and quarter them. Nice. And then I will saute up some garlic, some onion couple other spices with some oil and then I will after they I boil up the potatoes a little bit so they're cooked like blanched they're not like soft yet and then I toss those and I I uh make like a potatoes and onions yeah really good dude I'm coming to your house then I know we do a lot of the microwave vegetable sides oh in a pinch yeah the ones in the bags those are fantastic those are easy yeah we're pinching like four times a week <laughs> <laughs> I wish I could do it that much Spaghetti squash, I like that a lot. Hmm. What is spaghetti squash? It's a giant, it's football size yellow squash that you cut in half and uh, season it, put it in the oven, and then you scrape it out with a fork, and it comes out like pasta noodles, and you just put some butter on it, and it's delicious. Or you can put standard spaghetti sauce on it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You can use mm-hmm. it as a substitute. Yeah. Hmm. Note to self. Yeah, I suppose it would be more difficult with more than two to get away with frozen sides all the time. Cause we can usually find them for about a buck a side, but that's for two. Yeah. For us, it's a little bit more cause we're feeding four. My girls like vegetables. Uh, another one of the, here we go. Another one of the go-to sides for me is Brussels sprouts. <laughs> now, but you gotta make, you gotta make them right. I take, sure. Yeah. You gotta, it's all in how you cook them. I have them and let them, let them sit. Put some seasoning, blood, salt and pepper on, set them to the side, and then I cook up some bacon, cut up the bacon, and then wipe out almost all the bacon grease out of the skillet. Throw the Brussels sprouts in there with some some uh, diced onions, and then throw the bacon back in there and saute it all up. So you've got them, it's all cooked in the bacon. Pat, I'll go you one further. I like Brussels sprouts so much, I grow my own. Ooh, that's good stuff. Uh, yeah, we had uh, four entire sprout. I'm not even sure what you call them. The stalks. Yeah, the four individual stalks. And we made so, we grew so many Brussels sprouts, we couldn't possibly eat them all before they went bad. You know? And, oh, good. Uh, I was just going to say, we uh, cut them in half and uh, throw them in a bag with uh, balsamic vinegar and olive oil and some salt and pepper and throw roast them. <laughs> <laughs> I know we've roast them so they're crispy. That's good. Mm, real good stuff. I I ever since I was a kid and I had my aversion to Brussels sprouts, I did not have them again until I went out to dinner and you and Sarah got me dinner and at Gen Con and I had them there with the what was it? It was bacon, maple, and they were like fried in a 
pan, I guess. Oh, was... yeah, you love the ones that Sarah was so mad about because hers were overcooked. Oh, my God, they were so good. They were so good. And and I would eat those again in a heartbeat. And the ways you guys talk about cooking them, I would have both of those. Easy. Pat's wrong. Yeah, I, I just really like them. If they're, like, frozen in a bag, sometimes they can be mushy and a little gross. But if they're properly prepared, they're just a very good vegetable. Mm-hmm. And good for you. Oh, yeah. Especially when you cook them in bacon grease. Mmm, boy, that's healthy eating right there. Seals in the vitamins. That's fine. Yeah, fat. It's, it's a good fat. That's fine. But spinach is still is still one. For, if it's just me eating on my on my own, like if I don't have the kids for the weekend or whatever, spinach is, is still one of my go-to vegetables. I like cream, creamed spinach. Oh, creamed spinach is good. I was about to ask, do you have it uh, wilted or just the leaves or any which way? It doesn't matter. I'll eat it in a salad. I'll eat it as I'll cook it up. I'll I'll even get the stuff in a can. I don't care. I'll, I'll I'm with it. you. I like all kinds of greens, you know, collard greens, Swiss chard, any of that stuff. I, love I was going to say, when we get to the secret recipes, that's my collards. Oh, I, we will be revisiting collard greens. I never had Swiss chard until about two years ago. I didn't even know what it was, but uh, uh, I I had it at a at a family dinner, and I was like, "What is this?" And <laughs> you know, it, it, I just immediately was like, "Man, this is this is good." So going back to the veggie thing, what is something that you didn't like then but will eat now? With Patrick, it's Brussels sprouts. <laughs> no, I still I'm still staunchly against Brussels sprouts, but I am for onions. I used to hate onions as a kid. But once I started cooking and I realized just how much flavor and how every recipe has them, I began to appreciate them. And now I actually like them. Huh. For me, it's tomatoes. I, I still don't necessarily like super gushy inside tomatoes, uh, but I'll have, I won't order my burgers without them anymore. And I've actually grown to legitimately like the tomatoes that are more fleshy, like the Roma. Hmm. Or the plum tomatoes, where you don't get that weird consistency that both you and I disliked as kids. Yeah, well, how about like, cherry tomatoes? See, that's mm. tomatoes. I've come back. Come, I'm, I'm really enjoying tomatoes a lot, especially the cherry tomatoes or the little bitty ones. Those are good. And Josh, I'm with you. I would rather have like a Roma tomato or a plum tomato on my burger than like a beef steak. Yeah. Mm. Uh, well, Brussels sprouts for sure, and onions. I never. I liked like onion rings as a kid, but I usually ate the breading and left the ring. But now, again, if I'm on my own, I, I buy at least an onion a week and I'll cut it up and cook it with just about whatever I'm making. Ooh. If if I can figure out a way to, you know, incorporate it somehow, I'll cook it. I, love I saw onions. a recipe not too long ago for um, onion rings, Joel. Mm-hmm. And they took a, you get a hold of a big, I think it was a, a purple onion. You cut those and they cut them into the, into the rings and you take one ring, take a couple out till you have like a little gap in between the two rings. And they took fresh mozzarella sticks because you can get, they cut the fresh mozzarella and put it in between the two onions and then battered that and deep fried it. Oh, that looked really good. That sounds really good. <laughs> that sounds like it would be very messy to cook. Yeah. Yeah, anytime you're home frying, if you don't have a uh, fry daddy or there's this new thing, an air fryer. Have you guys heard of this? I've seen mm-hmm. it. I, ha- I haven't tried Convection it. Convection fryer? Yeah. I want one. They're pretty awesome. I've, I've used them in restaurants, but I've never had one in my in my home. They're very cool. I wouldn't mind doing one, having something like that because I make uh, I make potato chips and beignets at home, and that's just. 
Well, and you don't have the oil that adds all of the extra calories. I mean, regardless of whether you're pro-fat or non-fat in your diet, just like fat adds calories. Oh, yeah. But it's delicious fat. (laughs) (laughs) Yep, fat is flavor. Yeah. Now, what won't you eat still? Russell Sprouts. (laughs) I knew Pat was going to say that. (laughs) Yeah. You know, I, I've already lima, I don't eat lima beans though. Still, I'm, I'm just not a fan. I mean, I'll eat them if they're you know if I'm at somebody's house and they serve them, but I don't I don't ever make them for myself. Yeah, next yeah. Time I've already said green beans and olives. Next time Ugh. you're up here, Pat, nothing but lima beans. No, yeah, <laughs> uh, beans in general, I I, I avoid. I, you know, baked beans like at a at a barbecue restaurant, they have like pit beans or whatever, but any other format, any other time, um, yeah, I'm not doing it. Even refried? Uh, that's that doesn't seem like beans though, because it's it doesn't have that consistency anymore because it's it's mushed. What if I what so, if I got like lima beans, chewed them up for you, and then spit them in your taco? Food mush. Food mush. <laughs> <laughs> Could they call it the baby bird taco? <laughs> Would you like? Make a restaurant. They got the baby bird taco. That sounds good. I want to try that. No, you don't. <laughs> uh, no. What's weird about my green bean thing is, is people love green beans to such a degree that when they hear I don't like them, they're like, no, but the way I make them, it's like, no, dude, people have tried. I've had them like hours off the uh, plant with the like special family recipe. I've had them every which way because everyone thinks theirs are special. They're still fucking awful. Well, that's because you haven't had mine. <laughs> <laughs> you know, if Pat says that though, I don't, I don't disagree with that. <laughs> no, I don't really have a special green bean thing. I just wanted to say that. I had a special green bean recipe. Well, the, the time I made green beans at, uh, at Mike's house for everybody, I mean, those are pretty good. I make, but I used like a pound of bacon. So Sriracha green beans. Mm-hmm. Cook them up in the skillet, heat them up, some olive oil. I put in a uh, sriracha sauce on them, cook them with a sriracha on them. That's good. The green bean snaps that they serve at uh, Trader Joe's. What, the little, like, packing pellet thing? Yeah. <laughs> you eat I've never eaten them. I'm just saying that's another way to make them. Oh, yeah, yeah. They're If you want them terrible. Yeah, I've never, like I said, I've never tried them. But yeah. Good and terrible. Josh would like them. So is there any, <laughs> what about breakfast? Do you guys make any sides for breakfast? Other than like bacon and sausage, hash browns. Oh, oh, I wish I could eat hash browns every morning. Just like my breakfast tends to be just dry cereal and a cup of yogurt. Hmm. Dude, I was just talking about breakfast today. Yeah, all the sides for breakfast I will eat. Uh, hash browns, especially though, man. English muffins. Mm. I started making my own uh, potato pancakes last weekend. Oh. Nice. Yeah, anything potato. I mean, I think you you got us all <laughs> potatoes. You, you were gonna. I, I I wanted to try to make um sweet potato pancakes. I heard that's mm. a nice little nice little trade off. Then you put it with the maple syrup on them. Dude, as an adult, sweet potatoes. We've just discovered they're so easy to bake, and you just chop them up and butter them, and just put a little sprinkle of brown sugar. Mm-hmm. They're yeah. so good. You just make them like a baked potato, and I mean, it's a substitute that people use a lot. And they're so much better for you in terms of macronutrients than potatoes that the tiny amount of extra calories you get from the dusting of brown sugar doesn't even matter. Because you're going to have butter on your potatoes anyway. Right. 
Yeah, I've I've grown to like um, sweet potatoes a lot more as an adult than I did as a kid, for sure. And primarily because of that reason of bacon. I'm like that instead of the mushy ones, you know, that you have at Thanksgiving dinner on the side or whatever with the marshmallows on them. Nice. So, Joel, question straight for you. What can you not get the kids to eat? Uh, Anything. (laughs) 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 If it's a vegetable, it's like, I don't think I want to try that. Um, Isaiah started to finally come around to eating salad, but it's, you know, just primarily the lettuce and not any of the other stuff in it. And, um, it's funny cause one of them likes potatoes. The other one likes like mashed potatoes. The other one likes corn, but not the other way around. So it's like, I have to make both. And then each one of them gets one or the other. Um, but that's about all the lead is potatoes or corn for vegetables. And that's. That's about as adventurous as they get. <laughs> all starch all the time. Yeah. Although I, from the sounds of it, I, your kids will eat vegetables, like any vegetable. Oh, yeah. They'll, uh, well, Katie doesn't like peas. Sophie doesn't like, there's something she doesn't like. They like, I, I usually wind up having to make two every time. But every now and then I like to, I like to piss them off. I'll take the one that one likes, one that, one that the other likes, toss them in the same bowl, mix them up, and then put that on the table. Just so they have to sort through them, but uh, for the most part, they'll eat. You know, the broccoli is a big standard in our house. Um, we couscous, we make that. They enjoy that. You know, we have all these. That's different... not a vegetable. That's well, I mean, but they're. But it's, a side. Thing, but it's, it's a side. I know. I was just yeah. giving Mike shit. Yeah, but it's something it's else. Not that, stuffing. Yeah, it's not. Uh, not. So, it's something that Joel's kids won't eat. You know, hey, you want to try nope. a little couscous? And then they call the police on me. <laughs> <laughs> What's that? No, they're oh, all right. I... I, I don't know. I think if you might, if you could get them to just try it, because all it really is is pasta that's cut to rice size. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. Do your kids eat rice, Joel? Rice, yes. Pasta, not really. Oh, well, if they don't like pasta, then couscous might be a no-go. Not much pasta. Rice, yeah. I mean, I, I you know, whenever I cook like teriyaki chicken or something like that, I'll always have rice on the side. And that's always a safe bet. What about if you're what on your way to a salt? party? <clears throat> On the way to a party, what do you bring in with if it's a potluck? Mac and cheese. God, you are just stuck on the... <laughs> that, that's what I'm best at. I mean, I, I, I opened a food truck for mac and cheese and grilled cheese. So, I mean, stick with what you're good at. I'll, time champ. I'll give you that. <laughs> I can make anything. I'm just saying that's like what I'm known for. So. I've done a series of things you might call sides. I've I've done ceviche, which is the uh, white fish or scallops uh, that are just cooked in the lime juice with like onion, cilantro, and uh, various other vegetables. Okay. You got to have the right crowd for that, though. So a lot of people won't eat that. Yeah, a lot of people are like, "What? This is raw fish? What?" It's like, no, it's cooked. <laughs> the the lime juice cooks it. It's fine. Um. Yeah, collards. Sometimes that's uh, one that uh, has been demanded that I bring, just because I, I've delved into several people's secret recipes and brought my own twist to it. Collard greens are are so good if they're done right, and so bad if they're done wrong. True. Yeah, I was going to say they have to be done right. When we get to the, the later in the show, I'll, I'll go over how I do them. Um, I'll be enough over my mac and cheese recipe. <laughs> uh, green bean casserole. Oddly enough, because um, I'll get the, the the fresh green beans with a you know a nice portobello mushroom and chop it up and it's I've got it down pretty good because I've 
had to learn how to do some gluten-free recipes due to allergies within the family. And so that's kind of how I perfected my green bean casserole, which I have to admit is pretty good. I don't think Josh would like it, but. No. One year I did a uh, mashed sweet potato and mashed banana casserole. I've heard of that combination is really good, but I've never tried it. Yeah, I saw, I, I forget who it was. It was either Alton Brown or Jamie Oliver make it. And I, I it was Alton Brown. Yeah, I copied the recipe exactly, and it was really good. The bananas have to be super ripe, though, so they're soft enough to not be weird and not fold into the mashed sweet. Yeah, you don't want to end up with pockets of just bananas. Right. <laughs> Mike? I was just thinking about having a pocket full of banana. <laughs> so uh, my the thing Keep is the ghost away. <laughs> is that a banana? Yes. Um, As a matter uh, of fact, yes. I actually my my big bring is always desserts. You know, if we have Thanksgiving, I will make sweet potato pie. If uh, we like Thanksgiving this last year, I made the um, I made slow cooker bread pudding with the buttered rum sauce. Mm, yum. Yeah, so I I will bring. I'm the dessert guy when it comes down to potlucks. So I don't do too many sides. I mean, if I had to, I probably would go with like a uh, like I said, the green bean uh, casserole or something like that, or make maybe make a, a meat stuffing or bring that along. <laughs> Shut up, Pat. <laughs> Pat, have you ever tried oyster stuffing? I'm not even fucking with you. It's like really popular. Not an oyster. No, I, I, the oyster casserole is probably very similar. I'm sure. I bet you it is. Yeah. You lost me on that one. No. Do you I mean, just I, not do oysters? I, no, I I just, that consistency just grosses me out too much. Dude, try them fried. If you can't get past the consistency, I, I, I know I was disparaging your character earlier, but it does get around that particular issue of them. I mean, what, that's you've, it. you've never had a cold? <laughs> oh. <laughs> I mean, I, that's like the same thing with clams. I can't have clams unless they're fried. Yeah, if you like fried clams, you'd probably like fried oysters. Yeah, I agree with that 100%. But who doesn't like anything that's fried? Right. You can fry a shoe, put some cream gravy on oh, it. Oh, dude, yeah. I mentioned we were going to revisit the fried uh, pickles issue. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. They are so good. I first had them as spears at the Ram restaurant for Gen Con one year, but now you can get them as pickle chips that are just breaded and deep fried. Yep. Well, There's a restaurant here that serves um, its fried pickles – uh, fried sliced jalapenos and fr- something else fried. Um, fried zucchini all in the same basket. When when I owned the restaurant, our our specialties, one of our main specialties was um, homemade fried mushrooms and fried dill pickles. But we didn't have the chips; we had spears. And having a, a fried dill spear with homemade ranch dressing is. Talk about just get fat. I mean, so good. It's so good. Uh, Remember when we used to always get the fried cheese curds? They had them at Goldie's, but anywhere in Wisconsin you can get them. Those are so good. Well, now, of course, Culver's. If you go to Culver's, (laughs) every one of them has them. That's where I we have Culver's down here, and that's where I get my fried cheese curds. Green Giant has sort of gotten into that, where they've got a tater tot replacement, which is broccoli and cheese uh, that are folded into tots. They are so good. I actually prefer them over the potato tots. Hmm. Speaking um, of which, that reminds me of uh, we were talking about cheese and everything. I forgot that as a kid, my mom used to always make broccoli, and the only way I'd eat it was if it was <laughs> smothered in cheese. Sure. Yeah. Yep, that's how my mom got us. I forgot about that. 
Well, broccoli and cheese is that classic combination. We were so upset when the veggie tots left our local jewel. We saw them on clearance and Sarah was like, oh no, they're not making them anymore. And literally filled the cart with the rest of their stock. <laughs> oh, we have to buy a deep freeze just for these. <laughs> we, we ended up walking out of there with 12 bags of broccoli tots. <laughs> See, I like cooking broccoli now, like, and, but I'll just do, I'll, I'll blanch it first and then I'll cook it in a pan with butter and some salt on it, kind of like the same way as, as asparagus. And so it's got a little bit of that snap to it still, but man, that's so good. Simple, but good. Anything no to cheese. add, Mike, or you just want to move on to our secret recipes? Yeah, let's go with your secret recipes. Um, I've got two. Oh, I've been going on and on about the uh, collard greens. So uh, I will do – there's two ways I do the collard greens. The fast way is to get the smoke flavor by using chipotle Tabasco in with my hot sauce mix. Okay. Um, that, that way only takes about an hour. You still have to use – uh, Cajun spice blend, which I usually have to blend my own by hand with various like cayenne. It's very similar if you uh, look at any of Emeril's cooking to his Cajun spice blend. Or Tony Setri's. Yeah, it's very similar where you've got the like mostly salt, garlic powder, onion powder, and pepper, and then you get smaller amounts of cayenne and then even smaller pinches of a bunch of other stuff. But you get uh, that Cajun spice blend in there. You get a couple kinds of hot sauce, like one cayenne, one red pepper. And then if I'm doing them the fast way, I get the smoky flavor in with the chipotle. And then cook them in water with a bit of apple cider vinegar and just cook them down slow. The slower way is to get the uh, smoky flavor in there with smoked ham hocks. Hmm. Hmm. I will sometimes add bacon, but I find that unless your bacon is super crispy, like fall apart when you touch it crispy, it gets weird and soggy in the uh, in the collards. So I, I don't know if you guys have tried them. That's uh, my uh, family at Thanksgiving uh, frequently asks me to bring the collards. I use uh, ham hocks in my red beans and rice. So, yeah, I'm definitely familiar with the whole ham hock thing. The weirder recipe uh, is I've gotten into trying all sorts of different kinds of ways to make gazpacho. I love gazpacho. Uh, I'm, I'm not a fan. <laughs> I mean, it's a way to take all of the fresh vegetables you love and just make a cold soup out of them. And depending on how you make it, it can be more uh, dill, more salsa-ish, uh, how much spice you want in. The weird one I started making last year was this gazpacho with tricolor peppers, tomatoes, uh, various other standard vegetables, but the strange ingredients were orange juice, fresh squeezed into there, and Korean hot pepper paste called uh, gokujang. Hmm. And then you garnish it with fresh mint. So you've got, oh, and there's ginger in there too. So you have several layers of heat from the hot pepper paste, the mint, and the ginger. And various levels of texture and flavor and sweetness. Such a great soup. Nice. One of, one of the things that I make once in a blue moon is sautéed rutabaga. Huh. Wow. Yeah. I get a, get the rutabaga. It's the, I don't know if you're – you guys know what – if you don't know what I'm talking about with the rutabaga, it's one of those big – those looks like it's been dipped in wax at the grocery store because it has been. Um <clears throat> it's a root vegetable, but it's really savory. Uh, what I do is I will cut them into 
if you get a, get a good sized one, about the size like of a uh, Chicago style softball, um, get one of those, peel it. I'll cut it into strips and then put in some uh, garlic salt or chopped garlic, some onion, some olive oil, and I'll just lay them in the skillet and let them cook on each side. So they're almost like French fries. But they're, the thing is with the with the rutabaga, it's like um, it's firmer than it's it's firmer cooked than a uh, a potato would be. Yeah, it looks like the rutabaga is like the turnip, but without that really bitter spice of the turnip. Mm-hmm. I, I I love using rutabagas with stuff. It's it you get one they're cheap, and two you can get a lot of um a lot of food out of one. Oh man, the Welsh combined potato and rutabaga into a mashed dish. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a lot of good recipes out there for it, but it's one of those like the thing is like the first couple times I cooked them, there's like, what is this? It's a French fry. No, it's not. <laughs> you <can't laughs> me. Yeah, you you pulled this ruse on us before. That's not a French fry. But just uh, no, it's a Polish fry. Yeah, that's a good. You guessed it. <laughs> but yeah, that's I like, no I like fry. This. Joel, you got a secret secret uh, recipe? I don't think I do. I was trying to think about it as you guys were talking about it. And, and I don't think, I mean, I don't cook as, as much as I'd like to, especially with really, really picky eaters in the house. So unless I'm cooking for myself and even then I, I go pretty simple. So yeah, I don't think I do. And that's kind of unfortunate. I'm going to have to change that. It's All right. to me. Grab a pen and paper, everybody. Oh God, no. here we go. I'm about to give you my, truck recipe for mac and cheese. Uh-oh. It might put you uh, out of business. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Joel gets the sick burn. Uh, I'm proud of Joel and sad I didn't think of it first. <laughs> uh, first step is you cook the, the pasta and don't cook it all the way through. Cook it to like a strong al dente. Um, take it out. Uh, soak it overnight in heavy cream. Uh, and then the next day, it will have absor- absorbed the heavy cream, and it gives a really, really crazy rich flavor to the to the uh, the macaroni. And then heat it back up, put in uh, mascarpone cheese, mix that up, and then you make your cheese mix, which is uh, consists of milk, uh, a little bit of evaporated milk uh, for texture, um, and then Swiss Gouda and cheddar. Make sure you use a mild cheddar because um, a really uh, sharp cheddar is not going to melt as well. And I don't like to bake it, but if you want to bake it, you can combine those and top it with uh, like a garlic breadcrumb and bake it. But I just serve it. You know, I just put it, you know, co- combine it all together at that point, stir it up and you're done. And that's the key is honestly to, to soak the, the noodles overnight in the half and half because it makes the, the pasta taste incredible. Well, the secret is always putting time into it. And that's the shame with, with cooking is the more time you put in it, the better it tastes, the faster it goes. Yeah. And this, this is like a two day process to make this macaroni and cheese. Yeah. I was going to say, I, I, I ended up copying Paula Dean's, uh, recipe because it's fast and it's pretty good, but yours sounds way better. I know her secret ingredient was, uh, Campbell's cheddar cheese soup. Right, and that's another thing. I don't ever use canned soup in any of my stuff because I just think that's cheating. Well, yeah, it is the way to just fast. It's like whatever cheese you put on top of cheddar cheese soup will melt into it. Yeah, of course. 
and you don't have I, to make a roux. I don't use Velveeta either because that's just that's not cheese. That's not cheese. You don't want to know what it is, but it's not cheese. That's cheese product. Yeah, exactly. It's but a, that's my that's my mac and cheese recipe. That sounds awesome, and I don't think I'll ever have the patience to make it. <laughs> um, there's a couple things I left out that I just I don't feel well. Okay, fuck it. Um, put a, put a, uh, put a couple egg yolks in your in your cheese mix and a dash of Tabasco and and a dash of dry mustard. Nice. I like the dry mustard. Like yep. I've made that with mac and cheese before. Just a pinch of ground mustard. Yeah, yep. I, might, I might as well go all out if I'm going to talk about it. So. I gotta get myself some dry mustard. See my previous comment. <laughs> All right. Anything that you get while you're out? I used to. Okay. The, one of the best places uh, to get sides used to be Boston Market, and I don't know if you guys have tried it in a while. I mean, because they used to have um, great sides, but now uh, all they yeah. have is sadness now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, their chicken is not bad still, you know, but I mean, their the sides just they're not the same. Do you mean like it's the the taste has changed, or just the, the the types, or what? Yes. Yeah, like the consistency. They used to have really good mac and cheese, but now it's just like a big mush. They're, they used, the cream spinach used to be delicious, and now it's just bland. Uh, they have spiced apples that used to used used to actually have some taste to them, and now it's just like like one step away from applesauce. Yeah. I think they figured they could make it cheaper this way, and the people that gave a shit about the difference don't eat a Boston market. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And I don't eat there anymore because because that was the main reason I like to go in there. I mean, their chicken is still good if you just want chicken, but it's not so much better than just the general rotisserie you can buy at the grocery store that it's worth going there because the sides aren't worth getting. And depending on your grocery store, like uh, in my area at least, Jewel has stepped up their game. See, I always the the Costco or the Sam's Club rotisserie chicken always seem like the the better value than the grocery store ones, which seem to always be overcooked. But that's not a side, so I apologize. No, no, it's fine. But uh, speaking of stores, store bought sides, uh, all the you know, like the Bob Evans and whatever, their little sides. If you're in a pinch, they're really not that bad. I uh, see. Sorry, go ahead. I've never bought their sides in the grocery store. What were you going to say, Josh? I was going to say simply potatoes frequently, like if you buy them at full price, they're kind of expensive, but frequently they'll have a two for one deal and they are so easy and so good. And sometimes you're just in a hurry and, you know, there's just, you know, you, you need a quick side to go with your rotisserie chicken or whatever, you know, and that's just, that's a solid meal, honestly. Nice. Restaurants, though, I mean, for me, I mean, if I'm going to, a lot of times, I mean, mashed potatoes and gravy, of course, if I'm having chicken, but because I don't have like a fryer at home, I'll usually get something along those lines, like onion rings or fries, just because at a restaurant, they've got the fryer and can do it upright. But if it's not that mashed potatoes, and if I can find a place that has spinach, I'll get it. But I'm not at restaurants very often. So usually it's like a more of a fast food type situation. You know, you know, a restaurant that has good sides, Cracker Barrel. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Their hash brown casserole is delicious. Wait, what, what is in that? It's, it's similar to like a green bean casserole, but they used shredded potatoes instead of green beans. Yeah. But you know what? Until I find out what happened with Brad's wife, <laughs> I'm not going back to Cracker Barrel. <laughs> a couple of places I've seen signs that say, Say now hiring Brad's wife. <laughs> nice. What about you, Mike? Uh, when I go out, yeah. Um, 
I always like getting kind of like if I'm if I'm getting a side, I'm gonna get something that I can't get at home, something wacky. Uh, we go to um, raw jelly beans. <laughs> sorry, always sunny in Philadelphia. Joke. Oh, sorry. Haven't, I haven't gotten that far into the season yet. Apparently, <laughs> I know what you're talking about. Yeah, but um, but no, I mean, like, I'll get like if there's like a weird asparagus type deal. It's like something that I haven't had before. I mean, I can't say that like I have a go to one. But if there's something on the list that I have not had before, I will go for it. Now, that said, there's a restaurant over by me called Harner's Pet. Uh, it's, mm-hmm. a, it's that place just across from the um, from the river. Been there since 1968. And it's one of those old school uh, fake wooden paneling and deer heads on the wall with a bakery attached. And they do fish fries, they do pig roast, and they've got some seriously good side dishes there. Like the mashed potatoes are delicious. They've got this, um, you know, they've got like a vinegar green bean type mix that they have there. And then their mac and cheese is fantastic. But it, but it's like they've been using the same recipes all this entire time. So it's like you want comfort food that's going to make you go home and pass out. That's where you go. That's and their, their, their pastries are delicious. Oh yeah, this this for um, Fat Tuesday. They get the punchkis there. There is a line going out the door and around the building. People waiting to get the punchkis on uh, Fat Tuesday. Good stuff all around. Has anyone besides me ever tried the uh, Japanese immature soybeans, the edamame? Oh yeah, oh yeah, I love I love edamame. Yeah, I used to eat edam- yeah, so edamame good. all the time when I worked at TJ's. Mm-hmm. Oh, that makes sense. They have they have the frozen bag that are really good. Yeah, yeah. The, the fresh ones with some sea salt on them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just discovered there's a, I think it's Bird's Eye does as one of their uh, frozen pre-microwave thing. They have a protein blend that is like crazy amount of protein and a crazy amount of fiber. And uh, one of them will have edamame already shelled in them. Another one has a bunch of, like the Southwest one has a bunch of uh, oh. corn and uh, black beans in it. Yeah, the one that they come in the little microwave bags. Yeah, 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 I swear mm-hmm. by those. Those are fantastic. Those are delicious. I, I get, I get to take those to work with. I get some uh, chicken. I grill up some chicken, slice it up, and then I toss it in there and have the chicken and that mixed together. Oh yeah, that's that's like a standard post uh, lifting workout meal for me and Sarah. Yeah, nice. All right, so I think we've set, sided this up enough. <laughs> I don't know. Potato. More potato. So what do we got on? Something has bread in it. What do we got coming up for next week? Uh, we're talking about some fighting games. Yes. I can't believe it took us so long to do this. Well, we've done some video game shows, and we've talked about video games, but we haven't talked about the specific subset of the game that kept us from going to class so often. Right, especially considering when I forget to turn off my uh, sound on my phone, you guys will hear the Hadouken every time I get a text. Yeah. How are you, Ken? I'm fine. How are you? So yeah, it's been a long time coming, so we're finally revisiting video games, talking about everything from Mortal Kombat, Final Fantasy, Tekken. And I got a week to find out what that fucking game is I can't think of. <laughs> yeah, if any, what, what, what's your description of it, in case somebody knows? It's the game, there's there's a character in it, he's made of ice, and he melts down into the ground, and, and he can teleport up behind the guy he's fighting. And I, for the life of me, I cannot think of the name of that game. But, it's but somehow, combat. it's not Killer Instinct or Clay Fighters. Yeah. Right. Which have guys that do exactly that. All right, well, let me look up Clay Fighters real quick. That would suck if that's what, really what it was. Because we, I, yeah, I really would suck, because if that's actually what it is, then I've got 20 minutes of you ranting about how you can't find it on the pre-show recording, so. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't think that's it. 
No. I'm going to watch him in action. So, All right. Well, if you uh, have answers for Pat on his uh, fighting game, or if you think uh, Patrick's wrong about Brussels sprouts, or maybe I'm wrong about green beans, probably not, but maybe. You can give us a call at 708-NOW-RAP. That's 708-669-9727. Yep. And uh, don't forget, on April 3rd, there will be an interview with the four of us on the Anchor app or Anchor FM. That's uh, Grant Grant Palomantier is going to be interviewing us. So you can either listen to it streaming on your computers or you can download the app and listen to it that way. But it will be on the Podcast of the Day show. Looking forward to that. I am so freaking hungry right now. Yeah, I know. (laughs) Well, I'm going to go start my mac and cheese. <laughs> See you in two days. <laughs> That's a lot of nuts. <laughs>